people without the knowledge of their past history, origin, and culture is like a tree without roots. The immortal words of Marcus Garvey on episode 11 of Hebrews in Exile with Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. And this is Hebrews in Exile. You know, I um, happen to be, I, I read I read the news on the um, Apple News and an Apple News. No, this wasn't an Apple News. This was somewhere else. I found this article somewhere else. And it's by um, Kadishe Olishe. And it's called pan-Americanism. And one of the quotes that caught my attention that brings me to this discussion is a quote by Marcus Garvey. And the quote by Marcus Garvey uh, reads, a people without the knowledge of their past history, origin, and culture is like a tree without roots. Mm. That, that struck me. That struck me very very right in the right in the heart because one of the things and I I've never read I've never read Marcus Garvey yeah you, you know I mean I had you know a couple different ideas I've heard about Marcus Garvey before but I mean he was very instrumental in, in assembling this idea of understanding history and and I think that echoes his his legacy uh, at least from what I've learned in in history of our culture yeah and, you know, this whole idea of Pan-Americanism, uh, the writer offers to say that a lot of us have directly or indirectly heard or seen the word Pan-Africanism. Uh, today's post is to give a simple explanation of this concept. It's a complex concept with diverse elements. Scholars, historians among have called Pan-Africanism, oh, I swear I said Americanism? Um, I, 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 that was wrong. I should. I, I meant to say. I meant to open talking about Pan Africanism. Africanism. Yeah, not Americanism. Americanism Pan Africanism. Yeah. Like, please excuse the error. Erase all the front. But anyway, um, it's the historian of that of uh, about black nationalism, uh, the conceptual idea that unify and uplift the African descent. Uh, it's supposedly originated in the West, uh, in the Indies, the USA, and Europe. And the movement was a result of the reaction of blacks against centuries of domination and humiliation in the above-mentioned areas. Now, what has caught my attention about black Africanism goes back to, uh, once again, talking about understanding who we are as a people. We want to talk about the African-Americanism within the, within the facet of this exile and this, these nations that we are a part of in exile. Mm -hmm. But if we're going to talk about this kind of subject, 
and listen to what Garvey has to say, uh, a people without the knowledge of their past history, origin, culture is like a tree without roots. For me to sit, and, and I, I can't seem to get Black History Month out of my mind. Mm. For me to sit and listen to modern day people who are trying to speak in the narrative of a Garvey and never ever include the history of their real ancestors. Right. Right. That go, and I mentioned this before, that go back, back, back into what we call scripture. And the thing is, is that we have to pull scripture out of scripture and make scripture part of history. Right. Because scripture is a historical narrative of our people. And the reason it makes it scripture is that it's, it's divinely, it's divinely uh, proposed and orchestrated from the most high to a prophet, Mashe, to deliver to us our history of the past, our history of the present and our history of the future. Mm. So, you know, I I don't want to keep repeating myself, but to try to speak about black history without doing what Marcus Garvey says, without the knowledge of our past history, which would take us back to Mitzrayim. Right. And I was going to say, we need to, in that statement, without an understanding of true, and again, this is echoing what you've been saying. Yeah, because we're talking about Hebrews and exile now, man. I mean, it's it's this issue of understanding that, again, how can you scholars, how can you individuals that are eloquent in understanding black history, black history but only black history from uh, from a standpoint of the the slave dysphoria from slavery on from slavery forward, forward without going back to the the uh, the origin of who we are as a people right because i think again we we we've talked about this before is the fact that we learn about again black history every single week that you were going to your congregation or wherever you meet oh, you're yeah, you're basically studying the genealogy of your culture and what has happened is we've gotten so far off the reservation with is that we've 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 spiritualized everything so you don't even look at it as a narrative about the history of the world like we just you eloquently said Moshe did history he said this is the beginning of the world all the way through this individual set of people that have been set apart to lead the nations and it's yeah. just, it's just weird that I'm just it, it's it's a concept that We've, we've gotten into as of recent, but it's just so impactful. See, one of the things that really opened my eyes, and it took a minute for my eyes to get open, and that is Eurocentrics brought to me the idea of Hebrew roots. Oh, right, right. I got, yeah. I got here by stepping in to start studying Hebrew roots that was offered by the the Eurocentrics and the Messianic Jews, so to speak. Mm, right. So what it did for me was it caused me to start studying. And when I studied, I now am able to fulfill 
what Marcus Garvey said, a people without the knowledge of their past history, origin, culture is like a tree without roots. My tree now has roots because I now know my history, I know my ancestry, I know my origin, and I know my culture. And my culture and my origin is not in this ex is not from this exile. I'm in this exile. I'm a generation that's part of this of this exile. But my forefathers, my forefathers from what I come from mm. are Avraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov, and the twelve sons of Israel who make up the nation, the Hebrew nation of Israel. Those are my roots. And everything expands out of that into where I am in this exile today that makes that makes us the kind of profound people that we are. Mm. I saw another article that said that the Eurocentrics or yeah, I I don't like I don't like using black and white because yeah. scripture doesn't use black and white. Scripture uses nations. Right. But the article said that, you know, the people, the other people that are not our color are afraid of us because they see the God in us or the Elohim in us. Mm. That very well may be true mm. to some extent. But then again, you look around, and all of us in exile that are of of melon aren't aren't people of righteousness. We aren't, so to speak, godly people. Mm-hmm. Yet, and still, the resonance of the fiber of the DNA of who we are resides in us, irrespective of whether or not it shines out. Right. Right. See? Right. Right. That's so. That statement really really caught my mind and my attention. You know, I may not be a a, uh, a prolific orator on black history, but I am a prolific orator on <laughs> my ancestors right. and my forefathers. And I realized that my ancestors and my forefathers are part of the reason that I'm in this exile, they are the reason why I'm being treated the way I'm being treated. Right. And, and, and all of that is systemic to the, to the outcome of, of why we are here and what's going on with us. Now, with that being said, uh, the narrative of the day uh, is around the, the, uh, the trial of, uh, of George Floyd, and now uh, in Minnesota, this other young man has been shot to death for no reason at all. And we keep asking the question, how long is this going to go on? Right. Well, if we understood our, our, our origin, our culture, and our roots, we would know how long this is going to go on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's an answer. It's a question that can be answered. Right, right. But it, but the problem being is because our people are so Eurocentrically secularized in this exile, we think like them, we talk like them, and aren't able to gravitate back to to the things that we should be be. 
back to, there was another uh, statement that was made that I that I read today that caught my attention. Uh, let me pull it up here. I mean, it sounds like you sound you're you're explaining institutionalized mindsets of of individuals. But I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something, I, and this may be totally out of place before you transition into the to the to the next excerpt that you're gonna read. But I guess I just need to say this. And I have a problem with this whole entire thing that's going on. And at least I'm going to speak from a culture in the United States, not across the world, because, again, we're thinking globally about all Hebrews that are in exile, but systemic to what's happening here in the United States. Let me ask you a question. That last article that you read, was that not a form of, of terrorism? Uh, the Garvey, the Garvey? No, no, no. I'm talking about the one that you just mentioned about the individual in Minnesota. Oh, yes, absolutely. So let me ask you this. So when individuals in Colorado can get shot down in a shopping area, the flag goes down at half mass to honor them. But yeah. then in an act of terrorism against anybody else, the flag never goes down never at half down. mass. Right, 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 right. I mean, and yeah. so again, it just piggybacks on the issue that it's so in your face that the answer is literally in scripture in Torah. We can end this tomorrow. We could end this tomorrow. Here here one of the, the, and, and that segues right in, right into this next this okay. next good, this good. next statement. Mm -hmm. Uh we done tried religion. We done tried uh putting our hands up saying don't shoot. Uh we done marched and everything else. Maybe it's time for us to get back to our ancient form of spirituality. Mm. Yeah, let's try that for a our change. Our ancient form <laughs> of spirituality. Our ancient form of spirituality. What, duh, what is that? See, they need to be specific. That's too global for, for people here, and that's the problem. That's the problem that I have with our folks across the street. They're so global about anything. Nothing's ever specific. We were around the campfire the other day, and the question was asked is, what is my diet supposed to be? It's literally in Scripture. You can't make open-ended statements like that ancient Spirituality? Yeah. No. Why don't we get back why don't to we get, back to the most? High. Let's pinpoint it for people so they don't have to yeah, exactly speculate. So, so what we should have been saying? Well, why don't we get back to worshiping mm -hmm. the God of our culture, the God of our origin, the Elohim of our roots? Why don't we get back to that? Why don't we drop this whole narrative? of God, which mm. is also a form of idolatry that has no that has no systemic anything to it, and realize that the Elohim of our origin, the Elohim of our culture, has a name. Exactly. And it is specific to us. Hebrews is specific to Hebrews. He ain't talking. Excuse me, I can talk good <laughs> English, but he ain't talking to the nation. He's talking to Hebrews. Absolutely, the house of Shem. Yes, specifically, yes. we have a culture. Mm -hmm. We have an origin. 
We are in this exile because our forefathers negated the culture and negated the position that the Most High gave to us specifically and because we wanted to be like other nations. And our problem in this exile is we're still trying to be like other nations as opposed to separating ourselves and being the people that the Most High made us to be. We could end this stuff today. Right. Right. You don't have to go through all that stress. Just cry out. Have there so many examples of that same situation that happened in Scripture? They were in what? In Mizraim. They were under the house of bondage in what? Slavery? Slavery. And um, the narrative is that they, uh, the most out. high, cry, the I most heard, high heard cry. their cry. I heard their cry. And then now we have Moshe has been sent to deliver them out. So, 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 okay, okay. So, okay. so, so, so here's my question. All right, all right. Preachers. <laughs> Preachers. <laughs> Preachers. All right. Strap on your seatbelt. Why don't you go into scripture and look at every narrative where the Most High says, I heard the cry? Mm. Because right. in every narrative where the Most High has said, I heard the cry, he comes down to investigate. And when he comes down to investigate, he does something about what he heard. Mm-hmm. Our problem in this exile, the idea of the lack of social justice, the lack and the, and, and the continuation of doing the same thing and getting the same result is the fact that there is no cry going back to the origin of our culture, to the origin of our roots. Right. And going back to our Elohim. We have an Elohim, and our Elohim is not their Elohim. They mm -hmm. have an Elohim. They've accepted the Greek Elohim. We've accepted the Hebrew Elohim. The Hebrew Elohim is the one who created all things, who was absolute, right. omnipresent, mm -hmm. omniscient, mm -hmm. and is, 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 is what we call the most high. Why don't we have a heart cry in mass out of the brown skinned people back to him? I guarantee you, I guarantee you, the day that that happens, all of this minutia will stop because the Most High will come down, he will hear the cry, and he will deal with it. So, what, what, so, okay, so, so let's speculate. What, what's gotta happen? Because let's say, let's say, this goes out and this goes viral and, and, and which it should, I'm going to speak that out in the atmosphere, but for individuals like those pastors that you're talking about, let's say they all started talking about this. Come on, get sincere. Okay. Get sincere about what you're proclaiming to be sincere about. Why don't you, you know, I always hear this. Well, you know, I'm I'm going on a fast. <laughs> well, if you're fasting, why don't you do something that is really unique? And that is ask the most high to open your eyes of understanding that you might see. Mhm. Mm your ears that you might hear. Hear what? 
what he has to say. Right, right, right. What Yahweh has to say, what the Most High has to say, not what somebody else has to say that is a man in flesh, but what does the Almighty Spirit have to say? Mm. And then when he speaks to you, don't treat him like the pitcher to the catcher mm -hmm. and shake, shake him, him off. Right. Yeah. Because we who are leaders in this exile of his people that are listening to us, there is a greater, a greater, uh, there is a greater issue at hand. Mm. It's not about, I'm the rabbi of a congregation, but it ain't about me. Mm -hmm. It ain't going to never be about me. It is about people's souls. It's like going to the doctor, man. I don't go to a dentist to get heart surgery. Right. <laughs> exactly. My, hey, I can probably live with a dentist messing up. <laughs> you won't be smiling too much. That's okay. But... <laughs> I'll probably live. <laughs> you can hum. But doggone it, if the heart surgeon messes up, man, I'm dead. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not about... It's, you know, that's all right. Go ahead. <laughs> you know, I, I'm as tired as everybody else of witnessing this onslaught of injustice mm, of yeah. black people being shot and the justification becomes one in which that the people that do it they find a justified reason for doing it, and they get off. I, I'm I'm tired. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of oh 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 oh. You know all the excuses. Mm -hmm. But listen, Hebrews and exile. I want to tell you something. The Most High says to us that in this exile, I will not utterly destroy you. But there is some destruction coming. And the destruction that's befalling us in the nature and vein that it is, is only to get us to cry out to him, to cry out to our Elohim. Yeah. He's... He's jealous. He tells us this. I'm jealous. jealous. He says, I my need, name is that, yeah. I need you to cry out to me. When you cry out to me in the exile that you're in, he says, you will find me. Right, right. Yeah, that it. there's a lack of courageousness amongst our people to teach, to teach this in its proper context so people can get back to these so we can be in a better position because you've mentioned it before. It's this pimping of the people yes. that continues to keep happening yes. where we're more concerned about maintaining the status quo and keeping butts in seats so lights can be on. Right. Versus, you know what? 
this is the word of the most high. And I'm going to say it. You know what? If I have a sensory button, I, you need to insert it here. Come hell or high water. You know, that should be your main focus, the but main, it's not. The main focus are the souls of men and women. Us, our souls. Right. And every day, you as a pastor, you as a teacher, ought to be sick and tired of seeing your members coming to you crying and weeping because their sons and daughters have been shot up by Europeans. Why don't you teach your people to cry out to the Most High? He made you. Right. You and I are part of a, a of a people who have been exiled out of the land because we went after other gods. We wanted to be like the nations. Right, right, and that's the main problem that I'm seeing. Again, eloquent. And we are falling. Yeah. We've fallen into idolatry. Listen. If we keep doing the same thing, we're going to keep getting the same results. Right, right. That's almost one of the definitions of insanity. You're trying to do, keep doing the same thing, expecting a different result. But then, well, again, what I was going to say was this, the whole mentality of what's happening over here is, is so off. You've got individuals that are coming in there. You keep saying, why are you always, you're constantly entertaining these individuals that come in there. And they say, I'm being hurt. Our kids are being killed out in the street. Okay. And there's this, there's no teaching and healing of a, of a people. No. Because what you've been taught across the street is to turn the other cheek. Do you realize that the whole entire mentality of a Hebrew, there, you incite fear into people just by your presence, by the, by the thought of you coming. You don't get taught that because what you get taught over there is just, I just, we just got to go with the status quo and just, just, just be amenable. No, if we cry out to the most high, all that's going to change for our favor. It's a totally different mentality. Listen, listen, listen. I'm going to tell you something. Hebrews and Exile, I'm going to tell you something, okay? I'll tell you something. If we continue to follow the Greek narrative, then we might as well stop talking about not being in slavery. Yeah, because that's exactly where you're going to stay. Because, mm -hmm. because the same people that you're following in the Greek narrative are the same people who are committing you to these terrible acts and are, com are committing you to, to, to feel like you're still an inept slave person. Mm. And the Most High didn't make you to be a slave. As a matter of fact, the narrative that has been around. translated is wrong. Mm -hmm. He didn't call you a slave. He called you a servant. Mm. We went into Mitzrayim and we told our brother Joseph to go tell Potter, to go tell uh, Paro that we would be slaves. We pronounced that on ourselves. Ourself. That's right. But coming out of Mitzrayim, the Most High made us free men. Mm -hmm. And free people not to fall back into slavery again. But yeah. we're in it because we have rejected our Elohim mm -hmm. to accept other Elohims. And he ain't liking that. And the reason why we're going through this narrative of trouble, you know, 
how I, I, I listened, I listened to, I, I listened to all of the newscasters. I listened to all the black newscasters. I listened to all the black analysts and none of them have a clue in terms of what the problem is. But they Zero. all wanted, but they all wanted to stop. And keep asking, how long is this going to go on? It's going to go on until we Hebrews in exile turn back to and start calling up on the Elohim, the God that is our God, that's written in the Hebrew scriptures, that's whose right. name happens to be Yahweh, Yahuwah, Yahweh, whatever you want to call him in those contexts. But he ain't God. Mm. He has a name, and he's powerful. He's awesome. He's, a, he's an awesome spirit who so much wants his wife. Oh, by the way, you didn't know. Yeah, we're his wife. Mm-hmm. And he's talked about us real bad. Yeah. Being but put out the house. But while he's talked about us real bad, he's also talked about us real good, and he's the only husband. He's the only husband of a wife who's willing to accept his whoring, prostitute, idolatry-loving wife back to himself if she will just turn back and tell him they're sorry. He's willing to accept us back. But as long as we keep following the Greek narrative, hell is still going to be on your doorstep. Your children are going to continue to get shot in the street. Mm. You're going to continue to mourn and cry for no reason, when if you would cry out, read the, read the scriptures. Right. And why are you over there? When I talk yeah. about scriptures, I'm talking about Genesis to Chronicles. That's scripture. Read the scriptures. You will find out that every time Israel, the Hebrew nation of Israel, cried out to the Most High, he came and he delivered them. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, if you want to read something about crying out, just read uh, jo uh, Joshua. I call it the roller coaster book. 400 years, 500, 60 years, they do bad. They cry out to the Lord. So he comes down and he delivers them. Mm -hmm. We need our people to cry out to the one and only Most High. And if we would do that, Hebrews in exile, your deliverance would come. The Most High would protect you and he would cover you and he would protect you. He is your only protection in the midst of what's going on. And the reason why all of this turmoil is coming to bear on you is because he's ramping up the pressure like a mother whipping a child mm -hmm. to get you to do one thing, repent, Tell him you're sorry, and you're not going to follow idolatry anymore. You're going to turn back and follow his ways. Listen, our people, it's, it, it hurts me to my heart to hear our people that in exile say that the Hebrew scriptures are archaic and are not applicable to today's life. Okay. Wow. I get it. Wow. I get it. That's that spell. You know, the Europeans came and took took God out of the church. How's that working for you? Yeah. 
Don't before, even know where to look for the we, answer. Before we could go to church and the children that had any kind of spirituality could pray around the flagpole or pray, they took that out of the church. What happens? Your children are now being shot in schools. Mm. Mm-hmm. And you have no recourse to do anything about it. And that's devastating for that to happen. But I'm going to add this as well, is that when we do read for all you Hebrews that are in exile throughout the world, understand this, is that what, we're, what you think you're going through right now, just like you said, just like he's ratcheting down the pressure. Do you, if you read Deuteronomy 28, and like you said, what do you want to start at 15, go all the way to 63, 68. The, the egregious acts that the Most High is going to put on his people, you haven't, you can't even fathom. It you, talks about, you can't even, you won't even believe the depths that you're going to seek. You think that your children getting shot in the street well, is a problem. Wait till you see what's getting ready to come. And it's foretold in Scripture. Yeah, and you know, you think, well, all of these things have already happened to us. <laughs> well, they... And and yes, it you know it was, it had to be heartbreaking um, to see loved ones or people that you knew hung in streets and treated like animals and stripped naked on on oh, yeah. on the slave block and auctioned mm-hmm. off. That that had to be horrendous, but that's really. Nothing yes. compared to what he's going to continue to, to bring on us as long as we keep the stubborn attitude of not crying out to him and coming back and coming back to him. I, I just I just had to this this article just caught my attention. Uh, this whole black blackness that uh, this uh, idea of pan Africanism and Marcus Garvey's words, a people without the knowledge of their past history, origin, and culture is like a tree without roots. Tree as without long roots. Mm-hmm. as we continue to ignore our forefathers, and as long as we keep looking at Scripture as though it's just something there and not see it within the context of the historical connection to ourselves, then expect to get the same results you're going to be crying in the streets your children are going to continue to get shot by eurocentrics and there's going to be no answer and you're talking about no justice no peace well there's not going to be any justice (laughs) and there certainly ain't going to be no peace because the prince of peace wants his wife to come back and worship him and him only, only yeah. and until we do that, we're going to continue to get the same rule. Don't take my word for it. Yeah, don't take my word for it. The one thing that that we, as people of color, are we want to talk about the the effectiveness of the black church. Well, the black church needs to get it together, and they need to turn, and they need to turn back to the to the to the. Elohim, the God that created them. Right. 
and right. understand the nature. Read the history and don't read the history as a spiritual connotation. Read the history like you read a history book that's telling you something that happened to our fathers in the past that defines and that's systemic to where we are today. Right. That's a historical fact, mm. not a story. History is up, not yeah. a story. History, if history are recorded facts, facts. and this mm -hmm. of what we're dealing with is a fact. Don't take it from me. Yeah, read it for yourself. Read it for yourself. This has been Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton getting some things off of their chest. <laughs> Until next time, we say to you, Shalom. Shalom.